All right, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Up in the Air. I'm Jake. I'm Nick. Today, Nick, we're going to talk about the NFL free agency and the absolute craziness that has unfolded this literally is, within the last several hours. This has been an insane day. It, it's going to be a rapid, period. a rapid fire episode just based off New York is about to be put in a uh, state of emergency, not because of Aaron Rodgers. No, wink, but wink. that's also a part of it. <laughs> but we're going to get this done. Real quick, it's still going to go out to you guys at the same time on Tuesday, um, but Jake and I are just going to run through everything that we have to talk about today. Rapid fire. Boom. A lot of exciting things to talk about. We're going to kick right off. The Bears are going off. Go Bears. Go Bears. Duh Bears. Duh Bears. It's a really exciting time. This all pretty much started when they traded that first overall pick to the Panthers yep. of all teams. They got a haul. They got the nine overall pick this year, Yep. their first round pick next year, and two second round picks um, both one 61 this year, 61 this and year, and then in one in 2025, and DJ Moore, yes, which is massive. It's ma- he's already on a contract, too. Yes, yeah, he is right around Justin Fields' age, if not maybe a year older, roughly a year or two older. Um, and it's, I've the more I've been thinking about this, Jake, the more I love it because the wide receiver free agency class is bad. bad. Kobe Myers is the best receiver in free agency, which is terrible. Really bad. Yeah. And the draft is also limited with really top talented things that could help Justin Fields and what he needs. And the Bears went out and got the best wide receiver they could available for trade. And I'm really excited to see him in a in in Soldier Field next year. The Panthers were really the only team that had a receiver to offer. Yes. Of the teams that were willing to trade up and that would make it worth the Bears while. Would Brian Burns have been awesome? Yeah. Yeah, but you can find a pass rusher. Yes. Especially in this year's class. There's a lot of those coming in the draft, which I and think also free agency. which I think GM Ryan Poles is really going to focus on and yep. we're going to talk about free agency in a minute. Yeah. But what really kickstarted this whole yep. crazy free agency period was the Bears trading that to the Panthers. Yeah. And I wanted to hear your thoughts on it because you know, we had originally Kind of threw out that idea. Yeah, um, first as first reported by Nick Marr. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we kind of threw out that idea in our uh, in our in our uh, combine episode that it was a high possibility. A, and yep, but um, that really puts a bind on the Colts as well as increases the value of that third overall pick with the Cardinals. I right, think. because yep. now the Panthers can either shop around themselves or they can they can pick who the guy that they want and. Yeah. Indy is still going to be shafted, I think. Yeah, there's a good chance of it, yeah. The, mm-hmm. the Colts now might feel pressured to move up to the third pick, or there's teams like, I mean, the Raiders went outside Jimmy G. We'll talk about that later. But yep. So we're kind, we're kind of limited on who might trade up ahead of the Colts, but it's still a possibility. You never know. You never know. Especially with who knows what the Cardinals are going to do at this point. Right. You know. They might just end up throwing the season away with Kyler missing half the season. So they might. We, we don't know what's going to happen. But, but I, think, um, I think Will Anderson going to the Cardinals just makes a lot more sense now. Yeah, it does. It makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. And... That leaves the Seahawks in a beautiful spot. That does. Um, but as far as the Bears trades go, the Bears trade goes, I think Ryan Poles did exactly what he had to do. He there was the report that came out that the Panthers were like we're going to give you the 20, 25 first round. We're going to give you the twenty twenty five first round. Poles was like, nope, I want DJ Moore because he understands this is Fields' third year now. At the end of this year, he's able, he's eligible for an extension, and at the end of this year, you have to be able to pick up his fifth year option or not. Right. So he knows that this it's a make or break year at least for him mm-hmm. for Justin Fields, and what you have to see him succeed, they need someone like DJ Moore. Right. And there's only I mean, is he a top ten wide receiver? Maybe not, but Maybe. he's definitely enough. He had great, he's close. He had great numbers last year yeah. with a trio of Baker, PJ Walker, 
and, and Sam, Darnold. Sam Darnold. Right, and he's very talented. I'm just there's a lot of talented receivers. And yes, he's definitely a number one receiver. He's Chicago's number one. Yeah, and, well, and, he, and he is he is good enough to be a number one receiver on whatever team he mm-hmm. goes to. And I love it because it's going to free up Darnell Mooney and Chase, Chase Claypool, Claypool, who both have been training together this yeah. offseason. Chase Claypool's really excited to play for the Bears next year. Who knows what he's going to do? And I I feel like he'll do better now that he wasn't thrown mid season. I hope. So. And also the offense kind of shifted mid season. Yes, they they started using Fields the way they're supposed to, and I'm sure that wasn't very easy for Claypool either. Yes and no. I would say supposed to like more like forced to in a way, just because they had no time to throw. Yeah. Justin Fields still had one of the best deep throw accuracies in the league last yep. year, but his short and medium throw levels, as well as you know timing. Yep. The he, he had no offensive line to work with, so well, he had no chance to really facilitate those short plays with those really quick timings because he was already getting smothered by yeah. pass rush. Yep, yeah, which that's I mean, we can talk about what they did in free agency to help that a little bit too. Yes, but um, yeah, no, I think it's they needed the receiver, they went and got the receiver the only way they could, and they still got a massive haul of picks. Montgomery's a free agent, they could take a running back now, they have two mid second round picks. This is a very deep running back class. You can get another offensive weapon in one of those picks. Right. You could get it's also a very deep tight end class. I know they have Komet, but like it's if they, never if terrible they, to have tight draft, ends. If they draft a tight end in like the fifth round, yeah. I would be really happy. Right. But that nine over that nine overall pick now, yep. that I feel like it has to be offensive tackle. It completely switches the dynamic of what the Bears can right. pick at compared to from one yep. to now nine. Unless they're in love with one of the corners, which I know it's not one of their biggest needs, but they could definitely you take always Devon need corners at number nine. Witherspoon easily. or Gonzalez, who had a great combine, yeah. either one of them. It puts them in a really good spot where there's a, uh, a combination of four or five players at two premium positions Correct. that they can pick from. That, you know, compared to the rest of, you know, free agency, there aren't too many, you know, cornerbacks still no. running around out no. there. Um, and even then, the t- it wasn't very top heavy to begin with. Exactly. The the Bucks brought back Jamel Dean. Um, Jamel Dean. Yep. Um, Pat Peterson went to the Steelers, which they may not have wanted him anyways. Right. But I mean, yeah, the Bears are definitely trying to get younger, and they yeah. showed that today with um, with free agency. And I think that's time we get finally into yep. that because it, the tampering period started today, and tampering is different in the NFL. Yeah, the legal the tampering period. The legal tampering. So none of these deals are official yet. They can't put ink on paper until Wednesday. Correct. None of these deals are official. We see we saw that last year with some with some teams who had deals in place. Yep. Um, like Larry Ogunjobi, for example. He yep. fa- he failed his physical. So what that, a name, by the way. That 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 deal never actually went through because yep. he was signed, quote unquote, in the legal tampering. Yeah. But that deal was never finalized. So he's like the Carlos Correa of the NFL. Correct. Okay. Yeah. You know, but you know what the Bears did today was drastically different compared to what yeah. they did last year. Yep. You know, it started off, um, who'd they get first? T.J. Edwards. It was T.J. Edwards first, which I love. T.J. Edwards is a great run defender. Um, he, I mean, he, he, I wouldn't say he's a top, t- I don't think he's a top-tier linebacker, no, but he's definitely he's, a very he's good not linebacker. Paid, he's not getting paid like No, he's one. not. There's another guy who got who got his money that we'll talk about in a yeah. bit. How do, how do you feel about, you know, with all these inside linebackers, what do you feel about Jack Sanborn now? Jack Sanborn is going to feast. Okay. He's going to feast. Because, they run a 4-3? Uh, Four down linemen, three linebackers? Yeah. Because if they do that, then you just have all three of them feast and play yeah. in the inside, and then it's boom. Yeah. They'd probably, they'd probably have Jack Sanborn in the middle yep. with TJ Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds on the outside. They got Tremaine Edmonds for uh, 20... Eighteen million a year, four years, seventy-two million, fifty million guaranteed. Yep, 
Yep. And he's only 24 right now. He is only 24. I believe he's 25 by the time the season starts. He's going to turn 25. But he was 19 when he got drafted. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's 24. He, he already he's has played five years. He already has five years of experience. He's great sideline to sideline. He's 6'5. There are some tackling issues that I've seen with some, you know, Bears games. Yeah. Or Bills games, excuse me. Yeah, but Jack Sandler doesn't miss tackles. So no. It out. No. And we have, you know, you know, those two were both Jack Sanborn and TJ Edwards were teammates in Wisconsin. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And they, I mean, yeah, they're very good. And now they're back together. Yep. And Maybe that's really, why he went back. It's really exciting because the Bears just completely shifted their linebacking core from, oh my God, we lost Roquan Smith. Like, at the time, it was like, wow, we got like a second round pick for him. Yeah. Second and a fifth round pick. Yep. But Ryan Poles was able to turn $20 million a year from Roquan to TG Edwards, Jack Sanborn, and, and a second round pick. Second round pick, a fifth round pick, and Tremaine Edmonds yep. for. $4 million more. Right. Right. So, and then there'll be a little bit more that they'll have to pay the second round picks, but not that much more. Not that much more. Yep. And they had already given up their second round pick to get Claypool, so they yep. brought in a weapon, replaced it, and yep. it's... It, it's He's every, done a really good job. So every far. move that Ryan Poles has made, at the time that it's made, it's like, wow, like, you know, I, I want to like it, like, I'm, I'm excited, but... It's just like the thing that he does right after solidifies. You know, he's playing chess. Yes. Yeah. Yes, literally. Uh, He's setting up his next move, which is like the exact opposite of what Ryan Pace did. Correct. Absolutely. Ryan Pace was a god at drafting in the later rounds. I'll get that. But there's some stuff that um, Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus did at um, at the Combine that were like, they brought in like a mental health coordinator to talk with the guys at the Combine and like, Ask them, you know, how do you think? You know, they were they had like a putting green that they brought in just to like break they, the ice. Yeah, I mean, they're that a lot of these players at the combine were talking about. They're like, wow, that's like, you know, I wasn't expecting that, but I really liked it. Yeah, you know, they're they're they are playing chess. Yeah, and I'm really excited to see what they do with the draft. Yeah, that's gonna completely solidify this offseason for the Bears if they can nail the draft. I will be when, so happy when they nail the draft, Nick. When, when. Correct. This is exactly what the Jets did last year. Minus the trading pack, but this is what they did. Right. Yeah. They accumulated picks. They went and got premium positions in the draft, but right before that, they signed a bunch of really solid players. Not guys that are going to break the bank or that are necessarily going to be all pro, but they brought in a lot of really... DJ Reed was one of the best corners in football last year. They signed him to a reasonable contract. They bring in Jordan Whitehead. You know, they get CJ Mosley back. They get Carl Lawson back. The last couple years, the Bears have slowly been adding players... The Jets did the same thing. It feels like they're coming to a similar conclusion, except yep. the difference is I think the Bears have their quarterback on their roster. The Bears, I feel like, finally got lucky with a quarterback who they can actually solidify as their guy. You know, yeah, I mean, forever. The Bears have never had that guy where it's like, same. you know, like they they never had that guy. Yeah, you know, they never had the one. They're not that guy, pal. They are not that guy. But Justin Fields. Can be that guy. That dude. He's a dude. He is a dog. He's been working out hard. I love Justin Fields. This offseason. Um, and it's just a great time to be a Bears fan. Agreed. It is a great time. Um, but they, the Bears were not the only ones to do stuff in free agency. No. They, they were not the only active team. And c- correct. The Eagles were active in a very negative way. They lost like half their starting. They lost half their starting defense yeah. pretty much. <laughs> Jason Kelsey did come back. Jason Kelsey That's did awesome. come back. I love Jason Kelsey. Fat Batman. Fat Batman. Fat Batman. Fat Batman. Um, <laughs> the biggest thing was the, the Niners signing Javon Hargrave who was considered by most to be a top two, three player the in Niners free agency. really reloaded. I don't 
They don't need him. But I, mean, I mean, it's terrific that they have him. For some reason, they reloaded on crazy. the defense when I feel like they needed they needed help offensive line because Trent Williams is getting older. And McGlinchey went to the Broncos. Mike McGlinchey got overpaid by the Broncos, eighty million dollars well, or like eighty-seven million dollars. Yeah. For Mike McGlinchey, is that how much it was? Yes. Not guaranteed. No, but, but like, I'm finding the tweet. Continue. Yeah. It, it, he Listen, he was also in line to be signed by the Bears. And, like, would I have liked him on the team? Absolutely. He's a hole that needs to be filled. That position of right tackle. But you, I don't agree with $87 million over four years. For, That's a lot. For Mike McGlinchey. Yeah, it's a lot of money. Schefter didn't even put out the contract. Right. I think it was, uh, I think it was rap sheet, probably. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean that's uh, that's big for the for the Broncos. It sucks for the Niners, but the Niners. The Broncos also got what was his Ben name? Powers. Ben Powers the from the Ravens, mm-hmm. right? They paid him a solid chunk of money. They too. did. That made more sense. I feel to the quality of the player that he is. Four years, fifty-two million. It's not awful. No, not bad. It's Thirteen million a year, mm-hmm. and only twenty-eight point five million is guaranteed. Yeah. So it's really so not too it's bad. Really not bad. Um, but I just 87 something that's a lot it's a lot for a right tackle right for someone who's also been a little suspect during his time with the Niners he was good the first couple years he has he has fell off slightly a little bit I saw a tweet where that 2015 um, Notre Dame offensive line yeah they've all collectively now made like over 200 million dollars they were good yeah Mike McGlinchey was a beast in college he was um so that that was those weren't the only offensive linemen that got moved around. The Bears went and signed Nate Davis too. We didn't talk about that we before did, we moved on. The Bears did get Nate Davis from the Titans, which is he's solid. He's really underrated signing, yep. I think. Um, not like a big name, obviously, but no. But it's a, it's. That, I watched a tape of him before I came came to the studio yep. to record, and I was impressed with all the stuff. Oh, he's very solid. It, uh-huh. It's one of those things where it, it's also just the type of guy you get, right? You, having a dominant guard is great, but with the offensive line, they all have to be in cohesion at all times. Right. So you just want to make sure you get the right guy next to the right guy and get. Tevin them Jenkins playing right guard last year was one of the best in the league. Yeah. But you know they did sign him to play tackle, but I think he should stay at guard. But and now, maybe they'll put Ben Davis to left guard. We. Right. They might. They might just have really two decent guards now. Yeah. But center was awful for the Bears last yeah. year. I would argue a center is more important than either tackle right now. And they're not done yet, Nick, so we don't know. They're Maybe not. Tevin Jenkins slides out to tackle again. Maybe, Maybe they decide to go with corn in the draft. Who knows? Maybe they but decide to pay Orlando Brown. Maybe. And they're just giving themselves options right now, which right. is nice. You know, it, it, and that number nine overall pick, you could te- you could draft a tackle. And you, and can never, you can never have too many good offensive linemen. Look at the Eagles. Yeah. Right. Exactly. The guy they drafted yeah. to replace Jason Kelsey is now like... A, wasn't he like a Pro Bowler guard last year or something? Um, no, he didn't play. That was Landon Dickerson. But they got him in like the second or third round. The guy oh. that, that guy still back up Ben Jurgens. Yes. But he ben, still was Ben like, Jurgens has slid, slid out to guard. They and just played announced. well. Yeah. But he didn't start like no. all year. He played he stepped in a few games and played well. But like they still had him around. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know? The Bears had no one. Correct. Sam Sam Mustafer. Shout out. Sam Mustafer. Jesus Jesus Christ. Dude. Um, bad. And uh, <laughs> the other like really big mover right now was the Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons spent they tra- money today. Yeah, they did. They traded for John Smith for a seventh round pick. Oh, I didn't see that. They traded for him before it started. That was like oh, a move that happened earlier okay. this morning before okay. the free agency. Yeah, thing I did. I did not see that. So it was just a seventh round pick from the Patriots for John Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, he reunites with Arthur Smith in that offense. He played with him in Tennessee. Yeah. Yep. Um, resigning Chris, Chris Lindstrom is huge. Oh, we also have to go back to a trade that was made a couple days ago 
the Dolphins with Jalen Ramsey. Oh, correct. Yeah. Yes. I want to make sure we get to that. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to talk um, about that with the Jets just yeah, because we that, can whole, talk about that, that later. whole division yeah. is about to be I just We didn't up. write it down. I want to make sure we talk about yep. it. Um, yep. Chris Lindstrom to the, the Falcons five years, $105 million. He's paid as one of the top guards in the league. He is one of the top guards he in the league. The, the Falcons needed to do that. Yep. Um, he's a cornerstone of their team. And then who else? There's a couple more they signed. They had a defensive tackle. They uh, had... Oniata. No, not Oniata. Yes. 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 Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. David. David Oniata. Oh. Yep. David Falcons o- have agreed to turn with David Oniata. Thirty-five million, three years. He's a very solid defensive tackle. I mean, the, the Falcons are very busy today, and they needed to be. And I, I, I like that these teams are. It feels. It felt like in the past. I was the, not expecting the Falcons to be no. buyers. No, me no. neither. And they really bought Jesse Bates today. Yeah, they did. Fourth highest paid safety of all time. Jesse Bates, yes, that was the other. Yeah, which those are two huge signings. Those are two players, right. safety and guard. Now, you can argue that those aren't premium positions. No. But they're two top five, top ten players at their positions in the yeah. NFL. And yeah. it doesn't hurt to have those guys on your roster. No. No. No, that's so, what, that's Jesse what, Bates that's is a what difference you build maker. teams around. Though, Correct. You know, besides quarterback, you know, you, if you have really good players in your secondary, yep. that normally teams would, would build around. Yeah. But. You know, speaking of that, the Rams are not. No, no, they traded away Jalen Ramsey for like nothing for a third round. It was pick? a third round pick and a random tight end named Hunter Long who had like three snaps. Yeah, yeah. So I said random. I don't. I didn't even know. And he now Jalen Ramsey joins the Dolphins. That's terrifying. It is a little terrifying. They yeah. have their defense. By the way, Vic Fangio is their defense coordinator. Yes, he is. And he has Jalen Ramsey <laughs> oh and Xavier Howard playing corner. Yeah. yeah. He has Javon Holland playing safety. Uh huh. He has um, Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb rushing the passer. Uh huh. It's it's terrifying. Uh huh. I don't even remember who their linebackers are, but like I, it's, I mean Jerome Baker. Jerome Baker, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm terrified. Mm-hmm. Um, it sucks. I'm terrified of Vic Vangio. You should be terrified. I, I of am. Vangio. I'm. I'm. Their their secondary is one of the best in the NFL all the way through and through now. Yep. They have two what very Vic good Fangio pass rushers. Was able to do. Uh, Eddie Jackson had his best statistical year in 2018 when Vic Fangio was the defensive coordinator. And Javon Holland's a beast. They have another safety too that I'm forgetting back uh, there. Yeah, yeah I think it was. I I don't remember, but they have another solid safety too. Um, and but what Vic Fangio is able to do is find ways for players to rush the passer, no matter the situation. Correct. You know, not even blitzing either. Like I'm, I'm, I can't remember the blitz rate off the top of my head for that 2018 midway team. No, I and I don't know it off the top of my head, but he, but he's, he's able to ins, like instigate pressure when normally the teams, Dolphins are looking scary. Yeah, yeah, and the scariest thing about them is they signed the best quarterback in the NFL today, Mike White. Mike White. I've never been more sad. Rip about, the dream, bro. We'll always have Week Seven, 2021, when uh-huh. he literally was the first Jets quarterback in eons to throw for 400 yards. Like in my lifetime, I think. Yeah. What was it? Two years, eighteen million. Sixteen million. million? He's from Miami area, so it makes sense. Yeah. I had seen reports a week ago that this was going to happen. He didn't want to leave the Jets, but they don't have the cap space to pay him what he's worth. That eight to ten million. He he is worth that eight million dollars to be a backup. Taxes. Yeah, and also taxes. Right. And I don't I don't blame him. No. I I'm just very sad because I. What if he didn't break his ribs this year, Nick? What and if he? What if he didn't so hurt his ribs? My biggest, my biggest fear, and this is what'll happen because uh, the Jets are perpetually cursed, is that they wait all this time to get Aaron Rodgers. Get Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't show up because he's being a giant turd bag. No matter how much I want him, he's a turd bag. And then 
the witch is Tua, dead. Tua, the witch is dead. Tua gets hurt again. Not that we wish that upon anybody, but no, like, absolutely it's not. very logical that it could happen. Right. And Mike White steps in with a good offensive line and pop two of the ten best wide receivers in the NFL. <laughs> Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. Yeah. A plethora of running backs. Mike Kosicki. Uh, let's not even talk about his <laughs> stupid, grittying ass. <laughs> but, I mean... There's and then Mike White just like takes them to the promised land, which sure. you could, and it's it's terrifying. Um, yeah, I mean that whole division is just going to be it's so crazy. shaky. I'm the sure Patriots the, are terrible. I'm sure, the, I'm sure the Patriots are like shitting themselves, mm-hmm. like just looking at all this stuff happening. And the Bills, you know, the Bills did have some stuff today. You know, I think they they have more. They they ex, they extended Matt Milano. Yeah, yesterday. And but they lost Tremaine Edmonds. They lost Tremaine Edmonds. Who There's knows reports that Diggs with, wants out. Right. Who knows? What's, who knows? What, who knows what's going to happen with Jordan Poyer? I heard that he wants to go too. You know, it, it's just it's Michael a, Hyde just retired. Like they're kind did of. Did he retire? I don't know if he retired officially, but like he, I mean, he hurt his neck last year bad. Nick. Yeah. He got messed up good. Yeah. Was that he's that? older? Yeah. I mean, we don't know what's going on with Demar Hamlin. There's I mean, the Bills are in shambles, um, but the division itself is stacked. Right. The Bills are still a really talented team, Correct. and if they if they somehow uh, trade for um, Derrick Henry, yeah, that'd be nuts. It would be. You know, that's easily something that could happen with the Bills is they, sure. they trade for him. But we're gonna stick to stuff that's already been announced yep. or things that are, you know, we could foresee happening like right now. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of there's been a lot of tackle movage. Today. Yes, a lot of like specifically like right tackles. Right um, tackles have been going off the board. Andrew Wiley leaves the Chiefs, goes to the Commanders. We kind of saw this coming. We figured that he wasn't going to be the priority. He was going to stay with um, with Eric yeah, Bieniemy, which is so, where he went. The Commanders, correct? Yep. Um, Jawan Taylor then signs with the Chiefs, four years, eighty million. Yeah, former Florida product from Jacksonville. Goodbye, Orlando Brown. Yeah, there's no way they're going to be able to pay Orlando Brown now. Nope. Um, which we kind of saw coming a little bit, just because I think he's going to ask for even more than what that they got. I can see him getting like 25. 22, 24 million yeah. a year for sure. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a four-year, hundred million dollar contract from somebody. No. The Bears yeah. could swing that. They can. And at that point, but I mean, we've seen today Ryan Poles does not want to overpay. Correct. And you know, I don't I don't think that Tremaine Edmonds contract was an overpay. Not with the guarantees. Not with the guarantees, especially because it's front loaded. It is front loaded. It is yep. all front loaded for four years, which I love. Yep. That's such a great way to do that. It, While they it, have the cap space. It maintains cap space for then, an eventual Justin Fields deal or down yep. the road. Or yep, and whoever else or they whoever need else. To keep. Yep. Right, exactly. The Jalen Johnsons of the world. Jalen Johnson. Yeah. You know, Eddie Jackson's locked up through two years from now, so yep. don't really have to worry about that yep. yet. Um, yeah, no, it's – so there's been a lot – and then uh, Andre Dillard leaves the Eagles and signs with the Titans, which is a Taylor Luan replacement, which, by the way, Taylor Luan is still out there. He is still I know he's been there. injured a lot, but that's someone – that's that's a player that a contender could go sign for. That's someone the Chiefs could get cheap to go play left tackle for them. Yep. And play a year or two, maybe draft someone in the back half, mm-hmm. have them ready, but – He's still valuable to a team. He's, I believe, he's thirty. Thirty. He has now torn ACLs two of the last three years, yeah. so it's not super encouraging. Not super great, but it could be worse. Right. It could be worse. He's still out there. There are still a lot of players out there. There, there are. I but mean, for positions that either Clay's oh, Campbell got dropped, got cut today. He got cut, but he might be going back to the Ravens on a new deal. They, okay. The Ravens were like, "We'll keep it open. Like, yeah. We're going to see if we can bring him back on a new contract." I had a thought that he'd be good for the Bears. Yes. I'm like a one to two year deal, don't pay him too much because I think they need the defensive line help. They do. And I think he's a good guy to get into a locker room like that. Right. It's Which just not a, maybe he won't. Is but he is he gonna want to go to a team no, that's obviously still rebuilding? Yeah, he won't. But I just had a thought love, today about it. What I love about free agency is that 
each of these players really gets to choose, you know. Some might be, like, kind of forced into a situation, like... Some maybe, people have limited markets, yes. Like what we're talking about, like, Taylor Lewan. Yeah. You know, he's he's someone who's like, okay, if I get offered a deal, I might take it. He, he It's basically like, as long as it's not the worst deal I've ever heard, right? he's going to go take it. You know, but Tremaine I Edmonds... I think he pitched to the Chiefs on his podcast. Tremaine Edmonds was bidded after by, like, oh, yeah. eight teams. And he can go wherever he wants. He chose he chose the Bears. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Free agency is terrific. It's great yes. for franchises like ours. Yes. You come into some money and be like, we're going to throw you a little extra. We just got a new coach. Mm-hmm. Believe in us, please. And what's nice about both of our teams is that they fill in the two of the top three biggest markets. Yeah. Yep. Especially in football. Yes. You know? I mean, in the country. But in the country, yep. very much. Like New York, LA, then Chicago. You know yep. what I mean? So, yeah. Which is, it's, that's why it surprised me the Texans and how big Houston is, but. Right. Yeah. Um, they they got a lot, a lot yeah, of stuff. A lot of other things going on. But yeah, so I mean, it, it's been a. They did sign Case Keenum. They did sign Case Keenum. To be their backup. And Robert Woods for the Bobby Trees. Pick. They signed Bobby Trees. Yes. Um, yeah, no, it's it's they have a they were also in on Jimmy Garoppolo, which, by the way, Jimmy Garoppolo to the Raiders, right? Which makes that sense. changes up our mock draft. It does, but it, it does add up when you think about it. It does, but at, at that time we thought maybe the Jets would get yeah. to him. Who as knows, soon but. as I saw that Jarrett Stidham was going somewhere else, Broncos. Yeah, Jarrett Stidham is backing up the Broncos now. Yeah. I'm like, okay, they're doing something. Which, yeah, the J- the Jimmy T thing makes sense with the Josh McDaniels connection. Yes, and they got him at a reasonable price. It's like three years, sixty-seven million. Yeah. Which, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's, I mean, but like 30 of it is like guaranteed or something. It's something like that, but it's an, it's an AAV of about 22 million. Yeah. Which is not bad for him considering he was getting paid 30 million before this. Yep. And considering that like quarterbacks of his caliber are getting paid, I mean, Daniel Jones just got paid 40 million. 40 million. Would you rather take Daniel Jones at 40 million or Jimmy G at 30, at 22 million? Right. Daniel I'd take Jones Jimmy G for four years or Jimmy G for three with, I, I like Jimmy G's contract better. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, even though the guarantees aren't too far off I me. Mean, no. But it, it's still, it's a steal for the Raiders. It makes sense for them. It's, I I don't fully understand what they're doing. I don't really get it because either. Because they, they, they cannot me- compete in that division. No, they're, they're, and they're pure, me- it's pure mediocrity, which yep. is, I would, I don't ever want to say I'd tank, but I mean, Josh McDaniels gets a lot of heat for being a bad head coach anyways. So <laughs> I understand him being like, okay, this okay, guy knows my system. Gotta, right. Yeah. Like, I don't want to And Mark suck. Davis also can't pay too many people. And, right. He just doesn't have any money. Yeah, and, right. and Devonte Adams put out a thing on Instagram about he's been an very, hour ago. He's been very cryptic this whole offseason, you know. Oh, Nick, the Jets get Devonte Adams after getting Aaron Rodgers. They'd have to trade for him. Well, yeah, but I don't know, Jay. I don't want him. Give him Corey Davis. Get him out of here. Give me Devonte Adams. Yeah. It's not gonna happen. Um, I like Garrett Wilson, anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, yeah, and then uh, there's one other quarterback move I thought. Uh, Sam Darnold went to yes. the 49ers. Darnold to the Niners. Yeah. Which makes perfect sense because, I mean, Shanahan always spoke highly of Darnold. Yep. And now he goes in, and if Purdy's UCL doesn't heal on time, and Trey Lance's ankle isn't better. Or Trey Lance just doesn't pan out. Like or he doesn't play well. expecting to. Right. And I think this is what Darnold's going to do. He's going to bounce around. He's yep. going to go to teams, and he's, he's going to he's going to start a few games a year. Right. He's going to be like that. Uh, he's going to be um, Fitzpatrick, like a Fitzpatrick type. If he's Fitzpatrick, that'll be that'll be hilarious. And now Sam Darnold will take the Niners to an NFC Championship game, and I'll be. I sitting did here. see something today where Baker Mayfield was being looked at by the Bucks. That makes sense. Yes, um, but they still had to. I mean, they did. They don't have any cap to work with, and they did extend James. Um, Jamel Dean. Jamel Dean. Yeah. Excuse me. My my biggest fear is that the Jets are going to miss out on Aaron Rodgers because he's being a turd bag. 
And then they're going to have to settle for Baker Mayfield. I'm telling you, I, the Jets could trade for Jameis Winston and everything will be fine. <laughs> How much fun would that be, Nick? How much fun would that be? That'd be awesome. They'd be fun interceptions, not Zach Wilson interceptions. Right. They'd be, they'd be, be he's threading the needle but doesn't see Tremaine Edmonds. Right. Well, not anymore. Yeah, crap. Not him anymore. But <laughs> <laughs> Matt Milano. Matt Milano. Maybe. <laughs> he killed Mike White. I love Matt Milano until he killed Mike White. Yeah, he does get some flack for that on social media. I mean, he's I, he's fantastic. He, is he shouldn't a, get he flack is, for anything. He's an incredible player. He's incredible. It's and just I don't really get all the flack he gets, but there's there are people who are salty with the Bills. It's good. Well, Bills fans are can be a bit much, Nick. Sometimes, yeah. But you know, I I'm friends with a lot of them. So am I, but you know, not all of them. Truth hurts. Yep, sometimes it does. Um. Yeah, so I, I guess the main thing is just what's going to go on with Aaron Rodgers going forward. We're going to talk about the source wars that happened today. It was Trey quite, Wingo fucked me, Nick. It was quite hilarious seeing all this go down. I was I was uh, scrolling through Twitter, and all of a sudden here's a tweet by Trey Wingo. And I follow, obviously, a lot of Bears people on Twitter. And we're also invested in this because we want the witch to be dead. We want, we want, it, we want the cat out of the bag. Get him out of the NFC North. You know? So if he's able to go to the Jets, that'd be huge. And one of my one of the people I follow on Twitter retweeted um, Trey Wingo's tweet about you know the deal is done. We're just waiting, waiting. You know I don't really remember it exactly was, what it said. It was the deal is done. Um, uh, time is like a, really is a flat circle, something along that. Like yeah, Rogers said, Jets is about, done. Talked about um, just like Brett Favre. Brett Favre. Time believe. is really a circle. Yep. And, you know, all of a sudden, here's all these Jets players freaking out. I'm, t- I'm texting Jake as it's happening. And I'm Garrett like, Wilson, Sauce Gardner, Brees Hall, they all go out there and put out. Right. They don't necessarily. And at, at the same time as this tweet goes out, I'm live watching NFL Network, their whole free agency coverage. And it had Andrew Siciliano, um, Ian Rappaport, and then two other insiders. They were all on a panel talking about free agency. All of a sudden, you just see all these phones starting to come out on TV. You know, Andrew's trying to talk about it, and then um, they go to a break, and they come back, and then they start talking about you know Aaron Rodgers, and so they're not there yet. But then people are like tweeting at Ian live on the show. It's like, bro, this is this Adam, is done. Why aren't you saying something? And Adam Schefter's on ESPN getting phone calls or just showing him in the background. He's pacing. Ian Rappaport. Ian Rappaport got a phone call, or no? One of the other insiders yeah. was like. Okay, no deal, not yet. Yeah, and then Ian was like, "Okay, yeah, there's really nothing yet." I don't He's know. like, "I wish there was, but there I wish there was, but there isn't." And we're just gonna move on. But then, and, and Troy Wingo just doesn't follow up. It started the source wars. But isn't this so Aaron Rodgers? It is. I almost believe Trey Wingo because this is so Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers could just put everyone in a fucking pretzel for no reason, right? And he loves it too. Look at me. He loves it. This is just his entire mo. And you better get used to it, especially if Trey Wingo is right. You know, it was pretty much Trey Wingo and I'm Dolph Kleeman. I'm going to defend Kleeman. his ass. Trey Wingo and Dolph Kleeman versus um, Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport yep. for the Source Wars today. So what's what's going to happen, Nick? I've already committed to this, and you're going to love this. If Aaron Rodgers comes to the Jets, I will live in darkness for a week. You'll go through your darkness <laughs> retreat? I'll go through a darkness retreat. Ayahuasca? I'll eat, I'll eat every mushroom I can find. Uh-huh. I won't even test to see if it's poisonous or not. I'll just go <laughs> mushroom foraging. I'll learn to hate my brothers. Damn. I'll learn to date. Super, yeah, I mean, no, I don't mind. Well, I guess. Yeah, that's, that's him. Okay. He he does not talk to his entire family. That sounds. Actually, they don't talk to him. Ah, okay. Well, I'm already there then. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> just kidding. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I I honestly do believe that the deal is done. 
But Jake and I were talking about this earlier. I don't know if it's true. I don't trust the source primarily, but I read something somewhere where March 17th might be the day. And compared to now, that is what, Friday? Uh, yeah, it's Friday. St. Patty's Day. Thursday? No, it's Friday, St. Patty's Friday? Day. Yeah. yeah, so they're going to wait to announce the deal this Friday because there's a, something in Aaron Rodgers' contract Whereas if he's able to... If he is traded before a certain date, then there's something that has to do with like front-loading a lot of money that the Jets don't want to pay right now. Yeah. But if they wait until the 17th, then they don't have to do that. Which, whatever. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe it. Maybe it. Maybe it. They comes cleared out. up cap space this week. They restructured Uzama, DJ Reed, and someone else. And they, they re- signed the older Williams brother. Younger. Younger. Quincy. Quincy. Oh. Is he older? I thought, I thought he, he might older. be older. Yeah. I yeah. thought he was older. He might be older, but they got drafted. He is older. He got drafted the same year. Okay. Three years, eighteen million. I love it. Yeah. I love it. That's I love game. him. Have you seen him play? Yeah. He is so fast, mm-hmm. and he hits. He fucking. Dicks. Yeah, he's the man, and they want to stay together. So this is a really good sign that they're gonna be able to work out a, a Quinny Williams extension. Also, correct. They've come out and said they want to play together. So this is perfect. Correct. Um, that being said, Nick, I think that's enough of the free agency talk. There's really not too much else we can touch on. It was really exciting. Yeah, was really... I mean, it, it was a whirlwind today. It was. I, I spent way too much time on Twitter. I promise, I got my work done. And if you're listening, <laughs> I, to also, this... I also did. <laughs> Shout out grad school. But yeah. anyway. Um, you know, there, there's a lot more to talk about with free agency. We're going to touch on this next week episode yep. um, when it actually starts. Um, but for now, we're going to end the show quickly. Talk just a little bit about the, the men's bracket. Yep. We're going to talk more about the women's bracket next week. Selection Sunday was the the this past week. Yep. The men's Final Four is going to look really interesting this year, I think, Jake. Yeah. So... Uh, we're, we're just gonna. What we're gonna do is just go through each sector of the bracket, give you who we think will probably make the final four, a favorite, what have you. Yeah. And then someone that can make a surprise run to the final four, a not not a necessarily a double digit seed or something, but someone else in the top five six seeds that we think could actually make the final four legit- legitimately. Yeah. And then we'll give you a lower seeded team that we think can make the Sweet Sixteen mm-hmm. and like make it to the second weekend and really kind of be the Cinderella run of the tournament. We're gonna do that for each um, bracket. So. We're gonna start with the South bracket. We're gonna go. Jake left. and I, Jake and I, before we start, Jake yep. and I pretty much agree on all of these. Yeah, we just listed out a couple teams that we think can either you know make a run, win the championship, or there might be a couple Cinderellas in here. Correct. So, Disclaimer: uh, We are also not college basketball aficionados. We are not right. Correct. So we, we're, this is far from expert analysis. It's just what we got on our mind. Just casual fans of yeah. March Madness yep. and college basketball. Oh, we're we gonna touch on. Jim Beheim, real quick. Oh yeah, we'll give him a little shout out. Uh, Jim Beheim, thank you for leaving. Yes, finally. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, first off, it was awesome watching Jim Beheim coach basketball growing up. He, Correct. He grew up what fifteen minutes from us. Well, at least for me, I grew up in Geneva. He grew up fifteen minutes down the road in Lyons. In Lyons, just yep. a straight shot down State Route fourteen here in New York, right. um, little tiny town. And he spent he spent over sixty years at Syracuse University between Correct. college assistant. He had the choice. And head coach. He had the choice of going to work wherever he wanted. Yep. But he wanted to stay at his alma mater. He loves Syracuse, and he he loved Syracuse. And you he, know there are a lot of people that worship him around here. He and I get it. You know he's I, one of the winningest coaches in college history and he completely transformed a crap program into something fantastic and Correct. he turned Syracuse into a place to be for Syracuse is now a destination school for basketball if you're willing to you know and I would even argue that some of the other things that come with Syracuse had to do with Jim Beheim and what him and his family provided to the school yes um yeah. the media coverage that you can get for that stuff I right. mean you know I, what Jim Beheim did for Syracuse is on the yeah. is on par with like what Pat Summit did for Tennessee, Tennessee. And, Correct. Uh, and other other coaches like that, like 
the last few years have put a sour taste in our mouth, but you know, now that he's gone, I've had time to reflect. And, and there's things. No more 2 3 zone. No more 2 3 zone. He. The shooting's become too good in basketball. Shooting is too much of a priority. The 2 3 zone's a little outdated. A little outdated. And right. He also isn't built for the transfer portal. No. And he's not built to recruit kids in this day and age. He's almost 80 years old. Right. And it's no knock against him. Everyone gets. Everyone goes past their prime at some point. Right. It doesn't mean he's not a good coach, wasn't a good coach. It's. It, it, it was, was time, time for him to go. 47 years is a very leave. long time. Right. And. He had, I mean, some of the best sports memories of my life are those final four runs in 2013, 2016. Yeah. Specifically 2016. 2016 was awesome. That was insane. That was so it was my fun. freshman year of college. I remember watching. I was a little too young to remember when they won the national championship. I was It's the same. I mean, I, I was, I would think I was five, but I don't, I've, I was five going on six. Yeah. And I don't. I don't remember. I but, don't remember, but. You know, but he was, 2016 was incredible. I yeah. was a freshman in college. I remember watching. The the final four game against UNC, which they got absolutely eviscerated. But I remember watching the game in my dorm room. I remember watching the Elite Eight game against Virginia in my dorm room. Yeah. The Malachi Richardson and yeah, it, and even the year or two after that with the Tyus Battle and the Buddy Beheim, they made all these surprise runs to the Sweet Sixteen, and they were always fun to watch. They were frustrating. But they're always fun to watch. It's like they, it, it's, they they would sometimes have talent, but yeah. then other times it would be like, what are they doing? What it's, is going on? It's hard to describe if you're not a Syracuse basketball fan. If you're Correct. a Syracuse basketball fan, you know exactly what we're talking about because their offense has been stagnant for years, but somehow they made it work in clutch spots. Right. And the thing is, too, Jake, it's like if you're not a fan of Syracuse or you don't even know where it is, yep. or you just look at the numbers. I mean, Jim Boeheim has over 1,000 wins. You know, he's five final fours, five final national fours, a national championship, like a national he's champion done, running up, running he's, up. He's done the stuff. Five final fours in four different decades, by the way. Correct, and that's a crazy stat. It's, an, it's, it's impressive. The way that he went out, I just, I wish it wasn't like that. Oh, I agree. I wish he had stepped away even last year. Like, this year or, was a disaster. Or just, or just like said, you know what? I'm going to run it back one more year. Let's see if we can do it with these seniors like Gerard and and stuff like that. But you know, he didn't get. The Shoseski yeah. treatment. Yeah. No, he didn't. And it, it, it's it was a very after terrible. after that loss to I think he kind of got Wake forced Forest. Out. After that loss to Wake Forest, he was like, yeah, I don't know, but maybe if I'll, I might be back next year. But then like an hour later, it's like, yeah, they're yeah. they're moving. Uh, yeah, I mean, they kind of forced him out, but it was time, and it maybe, it was time. Not everything can have a beautiful swan song. Also, Coach K kind of made the whole thing about him. He did, but he did. I don't think uh, Jim. I mean, like, maybe Jim would do that, but I'm glad he didn't. We now. Gonna have an upper hand on all the Duke guys, Nick. <laughs> like we're classier, you know. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, it sucks to see him go, but it, it, it's time. And it was it's, time. I hopefully Sarah, Adrian Autry's been named the next head coach, and hopefully um, that puts him on the right track. Also, Justin was telling me today that JJ Starling, who's from Baldwinsville, is a five-star recruit, like a top twenty-five player in the country, went to Notre Dame last year. Uh-huh. He entered the transfer portal, and Adrian Autry was his head recruiter out of Syracuse. Uh-huh. So, I mean, he's a six-four, six-five combo guard. He's yeah. he's extremely talented. Someone that the two three zone couldn't have utilized, by the way. Yeah, no, not with a six one Gerard. Just, just putting that out there. But anyway, I love Jake. Gerard, but yeah, so um, we'll get through the shout out Jim Beheim, shout out Syracuse basketball, obviously. But um, so we're gonna start with the South region. Yep. Um, I think we both kind of agree that Bama is the favorite here. Now, now Arizona is also talented, and I mean. I wouldn't count out Baylor with their success in the last few years, but I Correct. think Alabama's the best team there. I am high on Creighton in this. Yes, in this group. that's our that's our surprise. Maybe they'll make a run. Right. Um, um, I've watched them a couple times this year with Georgetown. Also, they fired Patrick Patrick Ewing, Ewing which I'm super excited about. But yeah. we'll talk more about that as that develops next yeah. week or so. Um, but Creighton, I'm really high on in this in this region. Yeah. 
Um, but Bama is the one. I don't. I mean, they're the number you, one overall seed, also. Correct. Yep. I. I, I just. Or no, is it Houston? No, Bama's the number one overall it seed. It should okay. be Houston, but Bama. But Houston didn't win their conference tournament either. Correct. Um, so Bama, I think. I think Brandon Miller's one of the three best players in the country. Mm-hmm. I would say. I mean, in terms of like pure talent, he might be the most talented player in college basketball. Yeah. Um, yep. So I love that Princeton's in this. In this. Yeah, it's great. It's uh, great. That's so awesome. Princeton, Arizona. <laughs> Actually, they had a cool thing where they were the first Ivy League team ever to win the men's and the women's tournament. Yeah. And both make the tournament the same year, which yep. is crazy because Ivy League basketball has been around since the inception of time. Right. Um, <laughs> right. But so I think I just think Alabama has a good shot. Obviously, the most one of the most talented teams in the country. But it's hard. To, it, it's hard to discredit the number one seed yeah. in each comp in, in each uh, divot or you know what I'm trying to say. It's hard, in each region, it's hard to describe a number one. But we've seen Cinderella stories before, and you know there could be a team, you know, in another region that might knock off another number one. But out of the South, I don't see a team. Maybe besides Creighton. Yeah, if we're talking like outside of the top like four seeds, because Virginia's always solid. Arizona, Baylor. I mean, I would count out Scout Drew with what he's been able to do, and, and Arizona just beat UCLA and won the Pac-12. Yes, and has been very solid all year. So it's not that they're, but. In terms of teams lower down, I would say Creighton has the best chance, yes. Yeah. I'm just I'm really excited to see what they can do. And then I'm really excited about Charleston. Yes. Who's thirty one and three, has one of the I I wanna say that's I mean it's tied for the best record in the country. Um they're extremely talented. They're a good team. I, and that's and as the twelve seed against uh, San Diego State, who I don't know much about, but that's one of those when you have that good of a team in a twelve seed, that's one of those ones that you take a look at. Right. And Virginia is very good, but Virginia isn't a very Good offensive team. They haven't been for a while. Not like how they have been on par with their other teams. Right, right. They're still good defensively, but correct. When you struggle on offense and you play against a good you talented need, team, you need to score points. Correct. So, um, so I, I think Charleston could make one of those runs as into the Sweet 16 second weekend as a 12 seed there. Um, out of the East, Jake. Yeah. Purdue. Yeah, I think Purdue has been playing lights out pretty much all season. No one can guard Zach Eady. He's basically college Yao Ming. Correct. Yeah. Right. I mean, he's unstoppable. He's really fun to look at, too. Yeah, he's like 7'4", 300 pounds. He's <laughs> yeah. just massive, and he's kind of funny looking. Yeah. But he's he's the Jokic of college basketball. Agreed. But just better defense. Yeah. So. Um, but some of those teams, and, and then there is some there's some good teams. There are a lot of good teams in this East. In this East bracket, there's a lot of good teams. Purdue, Kentucky, Duke, FAU, Oral Roberts. Yeah. You know, all of these teams are something that you I mean, could, Kentucky playing Providence is a crazy first-round matchup. Correct. Marquette. Um, yeah, I mean, Marquette Tennessee, had a great year this Tennessee year. and Louis, they're playing Louisiana. Louisiana is a very good mid-major team. Uh-huh. I, I mean, the idea of Duke, Duke and Tennessee in a in a round of 32 is crazy to me. Yeah. Um, and then Kentucky and Marquette. And it's a very talented region. I think that FAU could also make a run just based on the fact that they're another 30-win team. And these teams don't win 30 games for no reason. Because remember, they don't play crappy teams at the beginning of the season. A lot of them will play really good teams right. at the beginning of the year. Florida Atlantic had 31. Yep. They were also up there with 31-3. and yeah Oral Roberts was 30-4 and four this year. The thing... I mean, yeah. Oral Roberts is also very talented. And they just play Duke. Duke. Is, Duke is hot. Duke is right. Coming off of Kyle Filipowski's been on a, ta- on a tear. Yeah. Uh, Dariq Whitehead's been playing really well. Uh, John Shire's got the boys buzzing right now. Uh, it's... Especially because UNC's not in the tournament. I think yeah. they're also trying to, like... Pride of North Carolina. Yeah, I mean, they destroyed them. They, and then they, they went and won the ACC tournament, which the ACC isn't what it was five years ago, but it's still a solid conference. They still have to is. beat some good teams. Yeah. Um, so I think I think the downfall of FAU will be if they have to when they play Purdue. I think if they were a ten seed, I'd like them a lot more. 
Yeah. If they were 10, 11, like If they 12, had to start off with Michigan State. If they start off with Michigan State, or even if they're 11, and I mean, I don't want to play in Kentucky, I guess, but if they had to start off, if they were the 10 seed, it'd be completely different. But I think it'll be tricky with them there. I, I do like I do like Oral Roberts if they can get past Duke. We've seen Tennessee fall flat sometimes. Um, and I, I want to say that Zakai Ziegler got hurt at some point. Yeah. I'd have to fact check that. But one of their good players got injured, so that one's kind of up for grabs. There's a lot. I mean, college basketball this year in general has a lot of parity. It does. And a I, lot more than usual. Yes. Um, move over to the Midwest now, Nick. Uh, Houston's the number one seed there. They are 31 and 3. They're one of the best teams in the country. They, they lost. Just, they their got destroyed conference. by Memphis. Yes. Um, I still think they're talented enough to make the Final Four. Mm-hmm. My only hesitation is. You know how many Final Fours in a row can these guys make or get near? You know because they 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 made a Final Four a couple years ago. They're yeah. getting close again. They just got blown out. Not that they can't do it, right? But I mean, a team like Texas went and won the Big Twelve after, in a, in after a all the, after all the stuff they went through this year with their coach. So that's the other thing too. Yeah, these guys are motivated. They have the best backcourt in the country. I'd say with Marcus Sasser and Tyrese Hunter, like these guys. Marcus Sasser came over from Houston. It's Marcus, oh, Marcus Carr. Sorry, Marcus, Marcus Carr. Sasser still plays yes. for Houston. I think Marcus, Marcus Carr. Carr, who's been, I believe he came from, he might have been there before. I don't remember. I thought he might have played at West Virginia. But I don't anyways, know Marcus Carr and Tyrese Hunter, who might be the best backcourt in the nation. They're extremely talented. They're playing very well. They're playing for each other. They're playing for the coach. They just went ran through a gauntlet of the best conference in college basketball and won. Came very close to winning the regular season and then won the conference tournament. Big Twelve was nuts yeah. this year. Um, and then. Other than that, the only teams I'm really – I don't like – I mean, Texas A&M kind of got screwed. Xavier is not the team that they were a couple of years no. ago. And I, I like I like Drake to beat Miami of Florida, and I think Drake could beat Indiana in the second round as well. Honestly, Indiana men's basketball for yeah, sure. Yeah, I think Kent State could beat Indiana. Like, I think Drake and Kent State could – either one of them could make the Sweet 16. I don't know if they'll beat Houston, but – I, I think the winner of A&M and Penn State could uh-huh. also give Texas a run for the money and then also give – I don't like. The, I don't love Xavier. I don't love Iowa State. I love whoever's coming from that bottom bracket and the top bracket. I like right. Houston, and then whoever comes out of that that round of thirty-two game, I think yep. has a good chance to give Houston a run for the money. Correct. Penn State has Jalen Pickett. Shout out Jalen Pickett, five eight five, Rochester native. He's averaging eighteen seven and seven. He'll be an All American this year. He started out Siena, worked his way up to Penn State, which no. is not a basketball school. Texas Penn State could easily happen. And it also sounds like a Sugar Bowl game. Yes. I saw somewhere on Twitter that this is the bracket of uh, college football matchups. We got Iowa and Auburn, which, by the way, Iowa got screwed because they have to play Auburn and Alabama yes. in Birmingham. In Birmingham, right. Texas A&M and Penn State. Like, it's just a, yeah. Yeah. So, we'll go down to the West. So, we'll go down to the West after that. UCLA was pretty much a lock, I think, to be, like, top seed. Yep. But they did have that injury to um, Jalen Clark. Jalen Clark. They're very good defender. Pac-12 yeah. defense player um, of the year. That I think just really hurts their chances. Oh, for sure. Um, luckily for them, I, I mean, this. I don't want to. This the, the West definitely looks weak. It's solid. Gonzaga. Not I don't scary. know, Nick. It's pretty solid throughout it as we look at it's it. Solid throughout. But, yeah, but I mean, but. TCU is a very good six seed. St. Mary's at five. St. Mary's is my pick Gonzaga. Um, Cinderella's story this year. I'm calling it St. Mary's. I mean, UConn and Iona. UConn's a very good team. I think they're. I think they could have easily been higher than four. And Arkansas has a very solid team that kind of underperformed, but Eric, I would the never. Season, yeah. yeah, I would never count out Eric Musselman. Nope. Um, so I, it, it's this very solid bracket. Um, the team I want to talk about is Iona, just because there's always the 13 seed that seems to push a four seed. Yeah. 
And Rick Pitino is fighting for St. John's right now. Rick Pitino is fighting for St. John's or Georgetown. If he goes to Georgetown, that'd be sick. That'd be awesome. I could definitely see him going back. To he's St. John's. he's definitely fighting for a for yeah. a legacy spot. Correct. So going back to St. John's or taking taking over at Georgetown. So know, we'll see with him. I think my official picks would be Bama, Purdue, Texas, UCLA, and I would go with for a Final Four. Yeah, and yeah. I would go with Purdue and Texas. I honestly think Texas will win it all. Okay. Um, I respect that, but that's just that's just kind of what I'm coming up with. Yeah, we'll we'll follow it. I mean, next week we'll talk about the opening weekend and the upsets that come with it and stuff. But I, don't know. I was I was thinking more of the lines like Bama, Duke, um, Houston, UCLA, and um, Bama wins it all. Ooh, mm-hmm. like, I think they can. Oh, they can. I, I think they can. I think this is the most wide open field we've seen in a while. Yep. I don't think there's a single team on here. I think Houston will be able to make it to the Final Four over Texas. I don't think they couldn't. But I I don't think there's a single team. Like, remember two, three years ago, and I was like, it's going to be Baylor, it's going to be Gonzaga. Those teams are better than everybody. Yes. And it's like UCLA kind of snuck in. You said it earlier. There's a lot more parity this year, which... There's I, 15 I, teams that can win the national championship I wish I was able to, you know, tune into it more. But just, you know, the way that life works out, it's tough to keep up with all these games and all these teams. Just because there is so much parity across the board, across the country. You know, I'm Correct. not gonna I'm not gonna keep up with Iona. No, no. You know, no. But I mean, there's there's I, when Syracuse isn't in it, I'm not as as dialed into into college basketball as I'd like to be. Makes sense, right? You know, and there's some notable teams that are from around here that aren't in here that have been in the past, Correct. like Syracuse. St. Bonaventure's not in here. Yeah. Um, they've been in the in the tournament in the past. Catamounts keep finding a way. Right. You know, but it's just. You know, we're going to have to see what happens with this March. I love the first week of the tournament. It's, it, it's the, the round of 32 is going to be awesome. It's fantastic. But after that, we'll have to see what happens with these matchups. Yep. You know, we'll know a lot more. But I think that's going to be all we have for this episode. Yeah, don't Jay. really have much else to um, touch on. There, it was really exciting watching NFL free agency happen this this. It officially open up. Well, as we as the days progress, we're going to see even more stuff. And right. We'll get into it. You know, and... Um, I'm just really excited to see all of your brackets. You know, everyone's brackets across yep. across Twitter, pretty much. Yeah. You know, there's going to be some. I saw some picks. arguments today about how to highlight them correctly or not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love seeing this crap. Um, but like I said earlier, if you caught it, we're going to talk more about the women's bracket next week too, because there's some great stuff coming out of women's basketball. And what we will do also next week, Nick, is we will do a second mock draft. We still, yes. we still haven't posted the first one. We're a little late to it. So next week we're going to go through another mock draft after free agency and after things are moved around. We see what happens. Yep. And then we will put them side to side. We'll send them both right. out. I think what we should do, Jake, is we'll do our second mock draft next yep. week and then we'll post both of them side by side to see the difference. That's exactly what I just said. Oh, well, I thought you were going to post <laughs> the first one now. No, no, no. no I'm, we'll post them at the same time. Okay. Right. We're a little behind. There's no reason to post it now. There's no logical reason. There's but. no relevance. Especially since so, so look forward to that. Changed. We'll talk about what happened in the women's tournament, the men's tournament, and then uh, a little little mock draft. We still have some baseball to talk about. But yes. Until that ends, we'll know, talk about the World Baseball World, Classic. World next Baseball week. Pla- yeah. Classic is going on. Um, but there's a lot of exciting things to talk about. We can't wait to talk about them. Thank you all for joining us. This has been episode six of Up in the Air. I am Nick. I'm Jake. We'll see you next week. Hasta la pasta.